You are listening to the Struggling Beautifully podcast. Don't forget, whatever stage of life you're walking through or sometimes stumbling, it's important to look above and anchor yourself to the one who controls it all. The best part of life is finding your people, people who will walk with you through the fire. That's what we're here for. Daily inspiration, burning questions answered, and how to always look above. I'm Brooke. And I'm Peyton, and we are Struggling Beautifully. Welcome back, Struggling Beautifully fam. I'm so excited for today's podcast. We're really just going to listen over all the pieces of knowledge and um, different episodes that we have posted this last year um, before our break in 2021. Um, and just reflect on all the wisdom that God has given us and and bless us with for this podcast. We're really excited to get it started. I think the break was much needed. We have been able to just learn more about God and um, get mentally ready for whatever he had in store for us. Um, coming into this next year, we're hoping to start with a different format, just talking about what's a praise of this week, like in prayer, just praising God first, but sharing a praise of the week and then continue on what is something that you've struggled with or that you have learned this year um just to keep the conversations rolling we're also probably thinking about bringing in a few of our friends that God has blessed us with and how the Lord has been working in their lives um just to get new messages coming in and new voices um but we're just going to kind of go with the flow I hope you stick around with us um continue to pray over this podcast um Zari worked in quite a few people's lives who still listen to this even when we took that time off and I've just really seen how God has worked through it um regardless of if we were posting or not so um I just pray that we are able to continue to share God's love with each and every one of you and that you had a great year so happy new years and let's enjoy so um, I found something interesting. A long time ago, I was listening to um, 106.9 and Beth Moore had said something and I was like, oh my gosh, that really, really sticks sticks to me. Um, and it, she said that nothing can fill your heart like Christ. Nothing. Nothing can fill your heart like Christ. And if you think friends, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, significant other, whatever, can fill that void or fill that hole, you're going to be disappointed. People are going to disappoint you. They just are. Families family can disappoint you friends will disappoint you disappoint disappoint you um <laughs> your husband your wife they will disappoint you but christ is not going to disappoint you he is the one that is the, the rock like he will keep you steady um and that we should strive to build our relationships on that foundation with christ like your focus should be your relationship with christ and once your relationship is focused on christ whatever relationship i'm specifically talking about friendships then all the other solid relationships that you sh- that you long for, whether that be a solid friend or a husband, a wife, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, whatever, all of those relationships will be solid and substantial because they will be from God. If you have Christ first in your heart, all of that can go to rest because you find love, joy, patience, all of that, all the fruits of the spirit in each other, and you love each other. And if you're striving to be like this verse, iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another, we can build each other. And those friendships are lifelong relationships that are gonna hold because Christ doesn't fade.
ultimately your main focus should be on Christ. And sometimes God has you do hard things. Like this podcast isn't a very easy thing to do because it's scary, but it's the step that God is telling you that you need to take. And he told these lepers, they were like, they're calling out for help. And they're like, Lord, please heal us. And he said, okay, go present yourselves to the priest. So all 10 of them go walking to the priest and there they begin to be healed. But only one who was a Samaritan, if you know anything about Samaritans, Samaritans and, um, Israelites and Jews, they do not get along. They don't speak. He turned around and he ran back to Jesus's feet and he worshiped him and thanked him. But it was only through his faith and taking that step that he was healed. The rest of them went on without God. We don't necessarily know if they stayed healed or what happened to them, but we know that that one came back and praised God. So you're going to take this step and it's going to be hard. And oftentimes we sit there and we pray and we're like, Lord, just fill me with happiness and like make me happy before I do this. But sometimes, yes, but sometimes God is like, take that step first and I will be there with you every step of the way. And I will prevail everything that you're going through, going through. Yes, exactly. And just having that faith in Christ and keeping your eyes focused on him also goes into dating relationships because sometimes we are so built into, oh my gosh, this guy's cute. This I guy's want a cute. Boyfriend. I want a girlfriend. Yeah. Everyone else has a boyfriend. Everyone else has a girlfriend. And that becomes the desire of your heart and it's not yeah. Christ anymore. And and sometimes it, we were also learning about this. All of this has just happened yesterday. It all is kind of tying into this is that, um, when our focus is on the world and our gratitude is in the world, we lose our sight of Christ. And we are not as grateful towards him because we are chasing after this thing and we are never satisfied in the world. Even if that's a relationship, even if you're like, oh, I love God. If this becomes your idol, that's what you're chasing after. Just like the lepers, they were chasing after being accepted and they didn't come back to Christ. That one man was chasing to be healed. He saw that he was in need. Um, and he turned back and he went to praise Christ. The same thing with relationships. If you're looking to praise Christ in everything you do, all your relationships, especially dating relationships and marriage relationships, when he brings them to you, it'll be so evident and you won't lose sight of him. And me and my mom were talking about that, but being able to guard your heart is another important thing. In Philippians 4, it says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ, in Christ Jesus. So the peace that God gives you from keeping your eyes on him will help you guard your hearts because that is not an easy thing to do. Um, it's not. And Song of Solomon actually talks about do not awaken love until it's ready. And that is so important because if you awaken that desire and the longing to be, and I know in society that, trust me, I have been there. I desired to be loved. I wanted so badly to be loved by somebody because I knew that I had so much love to give. And through that, I became a person that was seeking the satisfaction of a man. And I lost sight of who I was as a strong believer in Christ and who I was as a woman in general because I submitted to people that I was not supposed to be submitting to. Pay attention to your heart and guard your heart is because every person that you're in a relationship with is going to be a part of your life. They are going to be on your paper. Mm -hmm. And so then you have to present that paper to your husband one day and say, 
Here's my yeah. paper. Here's all these colors of the rainbow that I let people have my heart. And I let people come into my heart. And on a different note, come into my life sexually maybe. And that is what you're gonna have to present to your husband. And your husband's gonna have to be like, whoa, <laughs> you know? And that is huge. So I really think that what Peyton said was major. You really have to protect your heart and you really have to take dating seriously and give it considerable thought and care and respect because like I said, don't any mini money mo and pick some some random person off the street because that's somebody that you could potentially give your heart to. Yeah. And then you have to share that heart with your husband. And I don't know about you, but I want to give as much as my heart to my husband as I can. I want to be able to come to my husband or in y'all's case, come to my husband and say, here is all of my heart. Yeah. Here it is. It's yours. Yeah. And that comes with also by guarding your heart and, and dating to get to know them in anticipation of you might marrying them. That doesn't mean date them like you're married. That doesn't mean to, um, to just give all of you like that's very hard to do and um in deuteronomy 11 16 it says take care lest your hearts be deceived and turn aside and serve other gods and worship them gods could be this relationship this idol that you have and this seeking because dn in our dna we are searching for love that's just who we are because we're always searching for god our creator that's just engraved in our dna and so by searching for that love it is so easy for your heart to deceive you and to try to give it to someone who you're dating. So dating to get to know this person, you have to set boundaries. And yes, and if it's a random person who's not going to be leading you in this direction, you can't get into that because it's gonna get so much harder to guard your heart because they're not gonna be guarding theirs and they're not gonna be trying to guard yours. And at that point, it's a hard, it's a hard road and it's hard to turn back because you know that your heart is going to be attached to theirs at this point and it's going to be detrimental many things going on in my life that just didn't seem fair uh, my dream of playing college basketball was ending and being taken away from me the i was losing people that i thought that i loved friends boyfriends all of that stuff and i also was losing trust in people and my life was completely turned upside down I didn't know where to turn. So instead of feeling convicted, like from the Holy Spirit convicting me because I was saved, I was, I did know Christ. I did follow him. I did love him. And so instead of feeling the conviction of the Holy Spirit, like you're supposed to feel, I was like, nope, not doing this and completely turned it off. I turned God off and didn't want the conviction of him whenever I was making decisions that would alter my life. Um, and in my mind, I couldn't believe that someone who claimed to love me so, so much would allow such horrible things to happen. Enter the enemy. With that, enter depression, destruction, bad decisions, and overall lost hope. In short, I did not care about myself and had no self-love at that time. You see, it took losing everything or what I thought losing everything was, to realize that I needed Jesus. I needed him. So after many days of darkness, loneliness, self-hate, I gave my life back to the one who controlled it. With Christ, we can struggle well, we can endure 
every hardship because with Christ, we are given the same power that resurrected Christ. We have power over death. We have power over depression, over pain because we are focused on Christ. So it doesn't mean, no, you're not going to go and have terrible days and, and deal with depression, but it is giving you that hope. So in order to find God in the darkest times, you need to know his message. for you his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts and that he has plans to grow us and prosper us and not to harm us and by knowing those truths when God says no in your life to a certain thing that you think is your purpose and this is going back to like finding yourself and your purpose sometimes God's like no you're wrong that's not the purpose I have for you listen to me seek me and I will give you this purpose I was going down my own road. I thought that I was going to be a stylist and this, this, and that. And then whenever I sought after God, he had a whole different plan for my life. And I haven't even been able to necessarily like get a job yet or go to college. But it's like, I see now that what I thought was my future and I had it all planned out. He was like, girl, you need to seek after me because I have your plan and this is his plan. And it's just, it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. Thanks. And a lot of people are, I mean, myself included, are too prideful in wanting to put those negative things out there. So all you see is the perfect makeup, perfect hair, perfect clothes, perfect life per se, that are being portrayed on our social media um, pages. And not everything that you see, guys, is reality. So I want you to remember that God has something good in store for you. And even though it's so easy to sit in those moments and to really be envious and um, feel down on yourself because your life does not maybe look like that person's on social media, you have to remember that God has something good in store for you. He will fulfill every purpose he has for you. And I know you're sitting here, some of you might be sitting here thinking, oh my goodness, I don't understand what this girl is saying. My, I have no purpose right now. There, bad thing after bad thing after bad things happening. And I don't know how to get out of that. But guys, there is purpose in everything that's going on in your life right now. And he is going to use it for his good. How do you build a relationship with somebody? Your mom, your dad, a significant other, sisters, siblings, anything. Well, it's by spending time with them, having conversations, learning about that person. And guys, the same applies to your relationship with Christ. When I needed to spruce up my prayer life, a book that I was recommended, um, and I actually heard about it in my church here um, in Charlotte, and I read the book, Sometimes He Whispers and Sometimes He Roars by Marilyn Chadwick. Guys, if you need to get your prayer prayer life right, I recommend this book so much. And it is it is valid for all stages of life. Um, she obviously um, wrote to a older um, 
audience, but the things that she has in that book are things that apply to everyone. She helps you set up prayer triggers, um, prayer goals, and a prayer journal that help you learn how to pray meaningfully. When I started talking to God daily, and when I say talking to God, literally talking, like I would be driving down the road just saying, hey God, I'm, you know, this is what's going on in my life right now. Even though that's silly, kind of looking back now, he knows exactly what's going on in my life. But just being able to have that conversation with him and you guys, I started to see and feel his presence. I started to see him working in my life and what he was doing in my life. And it was the most beautiful thing. And I started feeling so fulfilled. Um, one of the biggest things where I can see where I saw my prayer life working is when um, when I had just you know, found out that I was pregnant um, with an at-home test. And I, I had been praying and praying and praying for this child because I have type one diabetes and I didn't know how that was gonna go with being pregnant. And um, my husband and I, it was the first time that we had ever tried to have a baby. And um, I was so excited. I took so many pregnancy tests and they were all positive and I was freaking out. Um, so I set my appointment with my um, doctor and went in to confirm it. And he came into the room and he was like, what are you here for? And I was like, well, I was just, you know, wanting to confirm my pregnancy and, you know, get started on this journey. And he was like, Brooke, you're, you're, none of your tests have come back positive here. And I remember feeling like I am sure the, the color in my face just went white. And I was devastated and I cried and cried and cried. And I, this was the first trial in my life where I hit my knees and prayed that this was either wrong or something was going on. And my prayer trigger that I found through my reading of, um, sometimes he whispers, sometimes he roars, was a butterfly. So every time I saw a butterfly, any kind of butterfly, um, whether it was on a car or on a TV show or in nature or anything, no matter where I saw a butterfly, a drawing, I would pray for whatever was laid on my heart or whatever I needed to pray for for that day. Um, And I remember I was sitting in my car after I just found out this news and I was driving down the road, driving back home, completely heartbroken. Um, And I stopped at a red light and beside me pulled up a van. And guess what was on that van? A butterfly. And I remember feeling God's presence, like he was wrapping me in a hug. And I was like, Lord, please let the doctors be wrong. Please let me be pregnant. I am so ready for this child. Um, and I knew that it was going to have to be in his timing. And so, um, they, they took blood that day and a couple of days passed and I was praying and praying and praying. And again, I was laying in bed one night praying and I was like, Lord, give me a sign that this is real. I was like, I feel, I took, I was still taking pregnancy tests. They were still saying positive. I was like, Lord, what is going on? The doctor said that I was not pregnant anymore. <laughs> I was not pregnant. And yeah, all the tests are coming back. I have this gut feeling that I'm pregnant. I was like, Lord, just give me a sign. Well, 
the, for the first time in my life, I feel like he gave me a sign. And whether it was coincidence or not, I'm saying that it was a God thing and that it wasn't coincidence. I felt butterflies in my stomach. And again, my prayer trigger was butterflies. And I was like, I'm pregnant. I remember telling my husband, I was like, I don't know what's going on, but I am pregnant. I'm 100% pregnant. And the next day I got a phone call from my doctor and he was like, I do not know what happened, but your blood tests are positive. You're pregnant. Your urine your, um, test came back pregnant. You are pregnant. Um, he was like, it's gonna be a long road from right now because your, your levels are low, but you were pregnant. And I remember that being the first time that I was like, oh my gosh, like I feel your presence. So this message, I want to bring encouragement to you guys um, through what I have experienced this week. So this lady comes up to me. I've never met her before. And she says, hey, Peyton, I have I have a word for you that I think the Lord has laid on my heart. And I was like, OK. Um, and we have prayed for the Holy Spirit, you know, to fill the Holy Spirit. And we're praying for each other. It's time of ministry. And so she takes hold of me. She's like, I just have this picture of you standing there with your mouth open, but no words are coming out. And she said, I see that you are a proclaimer of God's word. You're a strong proclaimer of God's word, but there's something about you. There's some doubt that's keeping you from sharing his message. And she said, but God wants me to tell you that he like, he loves you and that he wants you to run after him and seek his wisdom and he will speak through you. And I think that is so important because I am in my own way and I am a lot like Moses. And he was like, I'm, I'm, I'm not an eloquent speaker. You know, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm worthy of this. You should pick someone else. And God's like, I'm going to speak through you. And I think that's our big thing is we're like, we're not worthy enough. And we, we go back to our own understanding and our own works. And then we're just stuck saying, God, I can't do what you're calling me to do because I'm not worthy, which is true. None of us are worthy. None of us are capable of being good enough for God, but yet he still uses broken pieces as even in questioning God's existence because of how I feel, it kind of convicted me into like understanding that your emotion does not change the reality. Um, and I know we're taught very different from that in society right now, but your emotion cannot change the reality of God. Every single thing that the world sees as a flaw or that I see as a flaw, God looked at it and he said, that is beautiful. And he gives us all unique traits in order to glorify him in a different way and grow the kingdom in a different way. And so if we sit here and we look at our flaws and we sulk in those and we, I guess, are insecure about them, we're really saying that God made a mistake and God doesn't make a mistake. He made you perfectly with a perfect purpose and he loves you. And that is so easy to say, but I felt so convicted because the other day I was like, well, I've had this many crushes. They've been good people too, but they always end up liking someone else. So why am I not good enough? Or if I don't do a certain thing that other people are doing, people will just say, okay, then just shut up or just don't talk to me. They want something, but when you don't deliver, you're not good enough. And that's my biggest flaw, I think, is 
I have such a narrow view of God and I know it will continue to grow. But in this aspect, it's like I put my the love of God over to the side and I didn't step into that and know the fullness of God's love because the thing is no one will ever love you in the depths that God loves us we will never comprehend the love he has for us that's why our view of God continues to get bigger and bigger but as you start off as a Christian it's narrower than it's going to be you're never going to be the person you're going to be down in a few years but you're not the person you used to be if that makes sense under any circumstances, whether we're dirty or clean or whether we are having pure thoughts or impure thoughts, we can go to him and get this grace. Mm -hmm. And it was crazy because the verse, I feel like in this verse, we're encouraged to come with confidence. Like we are encouraged to come with confidence to him. And when I hear that, that means that I'm encouraged to come to my God, to my Jesus. I'm encouraged to come to him in a sense of it doesn't matter. Like I can come to you in prayer all the time. And I feel like right now in my life, prayer is huge because sometimes I feel like I'm lacking in my prayer life or if I'm praying, it's this, it's just the same thing over and over and yeah. over. Um, and I'm, I've, I know I've talked about this book before, but I'm again reading sometimes he whispers, sometimes he roars just because it brings such an awareness of your prayer life. Um, and I think that this verse really made me see that I've got to go to him confidently in prayer. I just have to, I I can't be scared or meek or any of these things because public service announcement here, he is not a distant God. Yeah. He is literally walking with you, leading the way and holding your hand through all of life's journeys that you're going through. And we just got to talk to him more. And I think that if we talk to him more, even though he knows all of our needs and wants. Like, it's so easy for us to like go to church, you know, and be all hyped up and, and sing these songs and like have these 10,000 reasons um, for us to be joyful in God and like on fire. But then like further down in the week, we can find 2001 reasons to complain. And that is so easy to do. And so this verse is talking about how like, Lord, I'm going to like rejoice in your name. Like it was on my mind and I've been feeling down. I've been feeling out of it. Um, and I've been feeling dirty for my past sin. And I don't know if you guys have ever experienced that, but like there's a shame that comes with your past. And even thinking about your past makes you feel dirty. And like, God doesn't love you, which is so false. Um, but um, <laughs> I was just sitting Sorry there. about the moment of my husband in the background, friend. <laughs> <laughs> Going, <laughs> yeah so um I was just like dealing with that and I could feel like I used to struggle with depression and I feel like that's kind of just been like coming back and I've been feeling it and being very scared of going back to where I was um and so I remember last night I kind of just like I sat there and I just like allowed myself to feel that moment but in prayer with God and he just reminded me of all these reasons that I'm grateful that he delivered me from this very thing I'm feeling shame about. And so I just prayed that he would cover me with his mercies and his love today going into church. And that's all the service was about. Actually, it was about how God is a God of mercy and he's a God who is loving. And like, even we were reading in Exodus. So I guess this is another verse 
Um, but they were talking about how it was after Moses came down the Ten Commandments and the people were worshiping a golden idol that they had built and he smashed them in anger. But God is not like man. And so when he went back up to the mountain, God showed him that he's a God of mercies. He's a gracious God. He's abounding in steadfast love. And the fact that he is going by telling his very character to Moses, who before this actually didn't really understand God and he's asking God to like kind of reveal who he was to him. Um, and he didn't say, I'm a powerful God, but he said, I'm a God of mercies and of steadfast love. And that even though we sin against him, he's abounding in more mercy. You can feel guilty and continue down this, this very sinful pattern that you, you don't feel like you can get out of. And instead of him just giving up and getting out of that toxic relationship, he stays and he pours more mercy out onto you. And that's kind of hard for us to grasp because that's not human nature. So being able to at the find same time, isn't that so cool that like yeah. even in all of our crazy sin that we've all experienced that somebody loves us enough to just forgive it Thank you.